Hello. Hello. I'm Justin. I'm Allison. And this is episode 133 of Robots on Typewriters. 133. Uh, call, call me crazy, but I think we might already be prime again. What? I'm crazy. We're I not guess. prime again. Oh man. What's a div- what's a div- what could it even be divisible by? 7. 7 Aww. times 19. <laughs> 7. Ooh, that's a spicy one. Right? <laughs> like who would ever think of that? Who, why would you bother? Why would you ever have to do that? Why would you ever need to multiply seven by 19? Yeah, it's uh. like, what, what comes in packs of seven? And when do you ever buy 17 of something? Or 19 of yeah. something? What, yeah, when have you ever used the number 19 for anything? It's like you, you went to like your, you open, you operate a bakery and you ordered 17 half dozen eggs um, <laughs> and they gave you a baker's half dozen of each one. <laughs> anyway uh, yeah very bad this is robots on typewriters but what is, is robots it? on typewriters oh wait is know. it not? i'm i I, th- I thought it was but now that you say something it kind of sounds like it might not like it like it might you might might, might want to explain what it is and then we can well uh, if you see, see if something say something um, i always see something why are you never saying anything <laughs> i'm just afraid well Robots on Typewriters, in case this is what this is, is a podcast about creativity, about art and music and comedy and drama and design and language, um, and how computers can help us make all of those things, or sometimes how computers can make those things on their own. This podcast has two segments, the first of which is the zesty hat in which one of us shows off some computational creativity like that from around the internet. And in our second segment, The Trashy Toy, we use some of the computational tools that we talk about on this show to make a game of our own creation, or sometimes, as as you pointed out last week, often of <laughs> someone else's creation. But, but we play a computational creative game. Yeah. Uh, this week, it's my turn for a zesty hat, and I've got a pretty zesty one. A pretty zesty one. Um, yeah, that's right. Every now and then, there's like a recurring segment on this show where I basically read a scientific paper because someone made a new <laughs> language model. And oh, oh baby, do we have a new language model? How um, did we? Ju- we just recorded an episode, but the energy on this one is like unhinged. Like, what just happened in the last five minutes? <laughs> That made us look. I feel like there's normally a like cathartic release when we finish an episode. It's true. That's true. Like I normally have a bunch of like kind of residual energy afterwards. Like you know, it's like you're static charged or something, and you need to like you know touch your dog socks. (laughs) Mean. Uh, uh, (laughs) But now I I don't have anywhere to put that energy, but right back into the podcast. Uh, But this this is a. Uh, a surprising new uh, language model that I want to tell you about. The team at Google uh, that does their AI, which I hate okay. because okay. it's called Google Brain. Uh, the Google Brain team released their new language model. And you're probably oh. thinking, is it going to be bigger than GPT-3? GPT-3 is really big. 
Um, If you remember, uh, GPT-3 blew away GPT-2 in terms of size. GPT-2 had 1.5 billion parameters. GPT-3 had 175 billion parameters. Right. Um, The new language model that Google Brain is unveiling, the Switch Transformer, has... You want to take a guess? Oh, no, I'm done with numbers. 1.6 trillion parameters. Jesus Christ. Christ, that's so many parameters. Not only, like, it's <laughs> it's so many times bigger than... Right, uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is just an ungodly large um, language model. 1.6 trillion parameters. Um, but it's not... <laughs> it, I thought I would be a lot more mad reading this than I did. Um, but it's not so bad, actually because of the way it's implemented. So normally I'm really mad that these models just get bigger and bigger. Um, and I'm even more kind of upset that each model, I'm hoping that more and more parameters don't show much improvement, but unfortunately it seems like the way to get better models is to make to, to just add more parameters, or that is one way that works. That like there's really right. good evidence that just making these models bigger is one way to make them better too. Yeah. Um but this model I'm less mad than usual about the the switch transformers. Um okay. and the full title of the paper is Switch Transformers Scaling to Trillion Parameter Models with Simple and Efficient Sparsity. Um Okay. And when I read the title I was already like intrigued and like ready to be kind of like sold something by google because they say a trillion parameters that's uh fucking enormous that is yeah you could only possibly pre-train this model if you are google or like maybe open ai or amazon or facebook or something but like this is now to the point that like even a large research university like even like harvard probably doesn't have the compute power to like train a model like this um which is like insane if something is like yeah. too computationally intensive for even like a major university to make um but the second half of the title so scaling up to that with simple and efficient sparsity sparsity meaning like not using everything that you have available to you um, and scaling up to it so not just like you know building a much bigger computer but like making the computer or making the hardware that you used before able to handle a trillion parameters um and this is interesting so they had a language model that uh google brain released in um 2019 called t5 which was uh, as far as i remember roughly the same size that gpt3 is like on the order of billions of parameters but not quite to the the big t yet um and they explained that this new model, uh, the Switch Transformers model, that doesn't really have a snappy name yet. I guess you could just call it S- Switch Transformer. Um, mm-hmm. Actually used the same hardware as T5. Was pre-trained seven times faster than T5 oh. was pre-trained. Um, and it's also uh, trained across 101 different languages, which is interesting. Oh? Um, and it's a four times faster training. Uh, so they had a few different, the way GPT-2 had like the large version, the like extra large version that wasn't released right away because it was dangerous. Uh, mm-hmm. the, T5 had the same sort of thing where there was a base version, the large version and the XXL version. 
Mm -hmm. Um, This training Switch Transformers was actually four times faster than training the T5 XXL with the same exact computer power, with the same exact hardware. Um, And it's because of a really clever thing that they learned to do. So Google and a few other of these language model makers um, have been trying a method. So normally when you feed something to the transformer model for it to learn that thing. So if you were feeding, let's say, the entire works of Shakespeare to GPT-2 for it to learn the entire works of Shakespeare, um, there's a billion parameters and you can think of them in whichever of these two ways like helps you think about them or if neither does or both do whatever but these are both like fair enough ways to imagine it you can either imagine it like a brain and there's like a billion neurons um like a billion like individual like cells or like strings that are all attached to each other or you can imagine it as uh, a billion different math equations and either way, when GPT or when like T5 were trained on the entire works of Shakespeare, every single neuron had to see the entire works of Shakespeare or every mm-hmm. single math <clears throat> equation had to uh, be fed the entire works of Shakespeare and like produce some output from that. Uh, the kind of new method that Google has been experimenting with is called experts or like multiple experts is what it used to be. That the first step in training these models is training a big section of them, training like hundreds of millions or billions of these parameters uh, to be like the expert that decides which other parameters need to see something that comes in. So it's basically like training like part of your brain to be like the doorman to decide like, you know, you can only go to that room. You only need to go to that room. Um, And they had a couple models. I think T5 actually used this experts approach where they would train two different experts. They would train two big parts of the model to just decide where everything else goes. And those experts would have to agree on where things go. Um, That way you didn't get some weird bias if you like fucked up one expert or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And that made it a lot quicker to train things because now instead of having to show every single neuron the entire works of Shakespeare or to show every single math equation and get all of those outputs um, you could only show like a few of the neurons or like a a section of them right so now you're only showing a few hundred million which is still like you know more than I can do on my laptop or like uh, more than you can probably do on like your your computer at home but it's it's more in the ballpark of what like a, a researcher could do on like nicest hardware right um, which is like good for everyone and it's also good for these large models because it means you can put way more parameters and expose fewer of them to things that come yeah. in Wow. what switch does is they kind of realize that you don't even need multiple experts that if you s- commit lots and lots of parameters to an expert to one expert you can make one really good expert that is good enough at routing where everything else goes. One doorman that can decide who else needs to see everything that comes in. Whoa. So their their kind of idea was, yeah, we can put a trillion parameters in there, but unlike GPT-2, or unlike GPT-3, we don't need to expose all 125 billion parameters to everything that comes in. We can expose way less of them because we have the expert kind of manning the door, um, which is how they're getting such quicker training speeds because like, even though there's way more kind of brain there to work with, they're using a lot less of it each uh, each time, each thing that comes in, each new yeah. input. 
I know that this has everything to do with the way you've been framing it, but the expert has become like the most adorable concept in my mind. Like I love uh, this little. I, on the one hand, <laughs> I would love if like someone drew the expert for us, <laughs> but on the other hand, I don't want Google to like try yeah, to tell no. us like, look at this cute character. This is like everything's no. cool, guys. Look, we have the expert on the case. No, <laughs> um, but that. Having one expert um, is like a pretty huge way to uh, reduce the size you need for a, a large language model or presumably for like any giant neural network. And that's really good news for like energy efficiency for uh, like less compute power. Um, on the other hand, you can already see where Google's going with this, which is instead of saying, sweet, we can do this with way less parameters, it's instead, sweet, we can pack like can a fucking so trillion in there. We can use so more yeah. Yeah, um, but it's still good news that it means, you know, we might not be far away from uh, smaller computers and like less expensive yeah. hardware being able to run things as big as, like being able to pre-train to make new models on yeah. the scale of like a GPT. Um, Wild, yeah. So that is a huge step in terms of like, letting more people uh access this sort of thing or like research this sort of thing um but on the other hand yeah you can see where the big companies are going to go with it we're going to have like yeah quadrillion <laughs> quintillion parameter Jesus. models that only use yeah. some of them well uh, yeah. yeah so the the other like minor complaints i have is of course um in google fashion they showed all of their uh there's there's all of these like uh, language challenges that are they're called like objective measures. And I think that's like an unbelievably misleading term. But it's like all of these like basically language games that have like defined solutions and stuff that you mm -hmm. can just make your model run. And no, you don't even have to see the output. You don't have to see what kind of language it's producing because it, it just, you know, it feeds it right into the game itself, to the challenge right. itself, to the benchmark. So they can show that they have better scores on these benchmarks than like any other model, um, which is cool. But then it means we don't get them like outputting paragraphs of like, look at this fun stuff that uh, that switch made. So the object, the quote unquote objective measures say that this is the best language model that's ever been created. But because it's a Google paper, we don't have like any examples of things that this model wrote. So that sucks. Um mm -hmm. And what sucks even more, in my opinion, is Google, it seems, has like pretty much officially just gone to uh, the model of when they write a paper, just throwing it on archive, this free um, academic mm -hmm. paper archiving service that I use, like everyone uses. It's a great site, but you're supposed to like put a paper there after it's been accepted at some journal or some conference where right. it can be peer reviewed by other uh, experts, by other people in that field. So right. like so people who know what you're writing about can make sure you're not just making shit up or like cutting corners, doing something wrong. Um, but Google Brain, um, the, the team over there seems pretty, pretty settled on just throwing stuff on archive and not submitting it for peer review anywhere that right. the Internet will read this paper and we don't need yeah. to publish. Um, we don't need anyone to review our work or tell us we did something wrong because we're Google and here is what we made. Right. So that kind of sucks. But I mean, uh, I will say they did put all of the code for tra for Switch Transformer just like publicly up on GitHub. Oh. So like, <laughs> wow, it's just there. Like you can just use it. Um, 
so that's cool. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm I'm all over the place on Switch Transformers, and I'm really <laughs> excited to see what people make with them. Um, people will make stuff with them since the code is publicly available, um, but only people with like uh, Google brain-sized <laughs> yeah. computers will be able to completely use that code. But yeah, hopefully we'll get to see like a, a hugging face style like implementation of Switch Transformer and see how well it works. And we'll yeah. get to see people use the single expert approach to train large models like independently. Um, and it won't just be the big tech companies that have these things. Right. I mean, yeah, that's been our hope for uh, ever since GPT-3 came out to have something that is like right with Transformer-esque with something that works that well. So yeah, it would be really awesome for this to be the door to that coming sometime soon. Yeah, I think I I do like that it's like, the way they wrote this paper anyway is understandable enough for for me to read. I I think like a general reader could ant could read a lot of this and still get a lot out of it. That at the end, um I think one reason they didn't go for peer review is that the end they just wrote like a freaking blog. Like I would have given them a I would have given them a not right. A on this if they submitted it as like right. a paper for a class. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but they wrote like, I don't have a suit. Their discussion, which is normally where you write a few paragraphs about like the importance of your work. They just wrote mm -hmm. it as like FAQs at the end of a blog post. Right. Like, I don't have a supercomputer. Is this useful to me? Blah, 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 blah. Yes. Here's why. <laughs> and, like all these yeah. like FAQs. But yeah, the way they wrote it does make it uh, easy to understand. So I wouldn't. Yeah wouldn't rule out going and reading this paper for yourself um and yeah i think like allison said like this is what we've been hoping for for a while um i yeah conflicted that it's one of the huge tech companies sure. like putting something like this out but hey they're putting it out publicly so hopefully yeah. yeah everyone will have more access to large models real soon yeah well yeah that's awesome that is a big hat that's a what did you say did you call it like a spicy hat or something you were like this one's spicy or something i, think I did say that this one's spicy yeah that was very spicy that that's a that's a, a spicier hat ball so very good hat thank ball. you hat ball do we have like music for this next segment it's gotta be like the third oh, year oh god of you know i know we you know maybe we will this year now that you've said that um but uh yeah it is time to go on into the trashy toy and it is that time of year um i guess i don't really know how it's working this tax year season but <laughs> yeah how is that working this year i Do don't we have know to pay our taxes that. or are they Do just saying nah. like come on this year really um uh, no, it is, um, I guess, in effect, award season. Um, I honestly, I, I, I have heard of the Golden Globes <laughs> in general, but also nice I've thing. heard of when they're happening. Um, I don't know about anything else. Uh, but um, yeah, it's that time of year when, you know, when we start looking back at the last um, year of, of cinema and... Uh, and cinnamon. And and cinnamon and thinking about um, who, you know, who deserves to be commended for their performances this year and and all that kind of thing. And, and that is something that we, the public, definitely get a big say in. Um, but uh, yeah, every year we on Robots on Typewriters, we kind of go through the nominees on what we've called, I think, I don't think we called it this the first year, maybe we did, but last year we called it the Botskers, which every time I'm looking at it, well, also I realize I spelled it wrong on this Google Doc. 
to me, it, I, I always think of the boxcar children. That, I that, was also that, thinking that. of them, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's it's the Botskers and we're gonna go through uh some of the of you know, the big the big uh categories this year. We're gonna do best supporting actor, best supporting actress, best actor, best actress, best director, and then best picture. Um and uh that um these are all um uh, very popular movies from the last year that were written by GPT-2 trained on a list of um, move- actors and uh, characters in movies that they were in. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a big highlight of my year. I always think about this because there's, like, nothing good in February, <laughs> in the, the the deep winter months. There's Is the Oscars exciting even going to be good this year? Like, what? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't even know what the there? hell. Like, I have no clue at all. I, I, like, when are they? I read the Golden Globe nominations and I hadn't heard of anything. Yeah, um, yeah, the the Golden Globes lost me when they nominated James Corden for the prom. Um, James Corden, will you go to the prom? <laughs> um, the Oscars are on are in April this year, apparently. Um, Is Sonic nominated? <laughs> uh, what what do we got here? Pieces of a woman. The I I heard of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That's the only one that I recognize. I um, hadn't heard of that, and that means I haven't heard of any of them. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Uh. That being said, that's that's the Oscars. We're talking about the Botskers right now. Um. And let's just go ahead and and discuss the the first category here. We've got Best Supporting Actor and and five um you know five fantastic performances that I'm sure we remember way better than anything that's nominated at the Oscars this year. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah. So first we've got. Um, we've got Ian McGuff as Michael as Michael Keaton in The Miracle Worker. Now, okay. um, yeah. So actually, th- this seems to be a common thing this year. You're gonna you're gonna see as we go through. There were a lot of movies about actors. You know, movies about movies. People people love them. So there's a lot of actors playing other prominent actors, and not like historical actors, like contemporary actors. That's um, what happens when everyone's stuck at home, right? It's like, what right, have you yeah. played me this time? <laughs> right. Yeah. You're my actor this year. That didn't make sense. Um, yeah. So the miracle worker um have we done like a thing with plots before on this or do we just kind of like i think we talk talk them through yeah um because i feel like the miracle worker that that is another movie right but obviously that's another thing that happened in this year a lot there is a lot of um you know not necessarily remakes but movies by the same title as previous uh movies because yeah everyone was just really distracted you know well Um, yeah i think uh oh okay the miracle worker the original was about kellen heller i was just about to tell you that yeah (laughs) yes okay okay so how did so i think like the new version probably was it's same title but not about helen keller it was just about like uh you know it was more like the miracle worker like about you know what it might have been because if he's playing michael keaton this is something my dad often uh says about michael keaton and it's that he is silenced for being one of the only conservatives in hollywood Mm. so maybe (laughs) maybe this is like a pro michael keaton piece you know yeah so i think i think that's why it's called the miracle worker that like yeah he can't communicate with uh with you know the general public so he needed 
somebody to be right. his uh <laughs> his miracle worker like yeah making his message so something that uh everyone else could could take in yeah who 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 is that like who, mike lindell who? the pillow man <laughs> oh okay i okay yeah yeah that wow yeah that so how did yeah okay <laughs> yeah no further comments <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Michael Keaton's uh, good word Ian, is translated yeah. through Mike Lindell, the Pillow Man, and then is it done in that like? It. Is it done through the like the the My Pillow? Um, that's the guy we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah the is it done through the kind of like weird subliminal messaging in? Yeah, the, um, he's yeah. looking in the mirror and he's wearing yeah. Mike's cross or whatever. Yeah, and then it's like suddenly it's a frame from Birdman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, Ian McGuff was so the actor nominated for this. Um, I yeah, I, I, this I think this was his breakout role because I can't find. I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he existed before now. So good for <laughs> he, him. He was born to play this part. Literally, he was literally born to play Michael Keaton. I think this um, is like he plays a young Michael Keaton. Like that's what this was supporting yeah. actor, right? Yeah. So he yeah. he plays baby. No, no, Michael. no. Oh yes, yes, yes. This is baby Michael, and that's how he's credited on IMDb. Um, yeah, so the next uh, next nominee was Fulham as Lenny Bruce in Fiddler on the Roof. Okay. Now, um, Fulham, I, I haven't heard of him either. Uh, is a one-namer, I guess. Uh, yeah, I it's bold I've... to go by one name when you're not famous yet. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and he, playing Lenny Bruce, uh, I, I like vaguely am aware of who Lenny Bruce is, but I did have to Google. He's a comedian from the... 60s yeah I, I 50s know in uh fiddler on the roof um now i don't know if this is a uh i i don't think this is a remake but it could have been i mean i guess lenny bruce probably wasn't in the original fiddler on the roof as a I, character i don't but... think so as a character no i mean i also yeah. don't think so as an actor um he is jewish though yeah I, like i i knew that's like a key part of like his act that he's like oh okay He's like a Jewish comedian. Okay, okay. So I think this like makes sense. Like, yeah. Instead of a fiddler, it's like an old comedian. Yeah. So is it? I wonder. Yeah. Is it? Um. Yeah. Is it? Is it just kind of like a, a biopic, or is it? Is it still somehow? Uh, it's it's a different musical. It has nothing to do with Fiddler on no, the Roof. No, yeah, I think it has. Some, I think it's like roughly the story. Like it's it's got some of the themes of Fiddler on the Roof. Sure. But like, yeah. It's set. It's like a contemporary version, but it's set in the '60s for some reason. And like, yeah, he just uh, is doing comedy up outside, yeah. and people love it. And then, like, yeah. you know, bad things happen or whatever. Sure, I don't know yeah. the plot of Fiddler on the Roof. Me neither. I really only know the opening number, which doesn't really tell you much how it's gonna go. If I um, was a rich man, that I do know that one too. That's not yeah. the opening number. Yeah, Fulham though. Another newcomer to the. To I, the I would scene. like to believe that Fulham is like a uh, London-based like SoundCloud rapper, and he's I, from yeah, Fulham. Yeah, I was I was thinking of Nick from Fulham, our uh, our pa- uh, the patron saint of uploading panel shows to YouTube, um, and I wonder if if it might NFF. be him. <laughs> and so then next, this one is very interesting to me. Um, it is Jack Nicholson for his role as John Travolta. In oh. the Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> I'm 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 thrown by that one. 
Yeah, um, I I couldn't, I didn't use this. I almost like changed it retroactively, but on a totally different generation, it's there, there some, somewhere it said John Travolt, which made me laugh. Johnny um, Travolt. Johnny Travolt's. Um, now I can almost kind of see like one of them. I can kind of see like a young Jack Nicholson playing an older Travolta <laughs> as like a psychopath. But it, okay, the ages yeah. just don't line up for this. Yeah, no, it's really I. I don't really know how they did it. Um, I haven't seen this one. I guess so. It's a lot of archival uh, footage, I think. Yeah, and yeah, I wonder if they they did some of that like um weird CGI that they did for the Irishman. Mm, um, yeah, a lot of stuff like that. Stuff, yeah. Which is like at that point, if you need to do that much work to make Jack Nicholson look believably like John Travolta, why why was this choice made? But you know, I guess you know he was nominated for a reason. It was a bold choice, though, to redo Silence of the Lambs pretty much exactly as it was. This one, yeah, this one was with John Travolta. (laughs) Yeah, this one was a remake in that. Yeah, and that that is it. You know, I I couldn't believe it when they announced that that was happening. But um, is the lightning still greased, Clarice? (laughs) I liked that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Wild one, um, and I, you know, this next one really gets me too. Um, are you are you looking at the document, yeah, or are I'm you just now. letting these hit the hit you? Yeah, um, this was Ira Glass in his uh, big screen debut as Melody Ball in the Bells of Music. Yeah, I mean, Ira made a good pivot there that he realized no one's commuting anymore, no one listens right. to podcasts. Why yeah. are you listening to this? That people are home and they're watching movies. Yeah, they're watching musicals. The, yeah, yeah, be, yeah. The bell, the bells of music. Um, yeah, that. Uh, what was that one about? That strikes me as like um, you gotta, you gotta admit, people were a little uncreative this year. There was just, you know, we were grasping at straws, and so this one was kind of another like. It was like a very cheap knockoff of the Sound of Music, but it was like it all took place and at the it's convent. like the Bell family. Oh, okay, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of like church bells at the at the convent, but I mean, yeah, that all that's both, also, yeah. yeah, both, yeah. And Ira Glass really, I mean, controversially, was like uh, in drag, like playing like uh, the <laughs> yeah the, the head nun. What do you call that? Like the mother superior of the convent. Yeah, mother's. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> this week on This American Life, climbing every mountain. Um, <laughs> There's something really cursed about Ira Glass, like, singing at all. <laughs> Mountains, what are they, and how do you climb them? Yeah, well, that's the thing. He He's not really a singer, and I, I did watch some- He's more of a bell some- player. He's more of a bell player. Yeah, I, I watched some of the behind the scenes on that, and the, the whole kind of, like, director and crew was just talking about how um, how strenuous the rehearsal process was with Ira and how, you know, in the end, they really just kind of had to, to to let him do his thing, um, you know, because he just, you know, he, he just hard to work wasn't with. getting it. Yeah, yeah, I just I've heard he's he's really hard to work with. I'm putting that on the record now. Yeah, so that um yeah, so le- and last uh the last um last one in the category uh bit of a bit of a genre oh bender God. here. <laughs> I I really actually should stop looking. 
I know. Here. I liked it when I, I didn't know if you were looking or not, but then I like surprised you with one. I'm going to stop um, looking. Yeah. So the next one uh, last in the category was <laughs> Sleazy Dog as Charlie Pimp My Titties Gaskin <laughs> in the in Little Big Town. <laughs> Isn't Little no. Big Town like a sitcom or a, like a, a Little Big series? Town, I think, is like a country band. I don't know what is I'm there? talking about. Yeah, they're a country band. Uh, there is, I think you might be thinking of Big Little Lies. Mm, maybe, um, yeah. Little fires everywhere. Yeah, there's that one. Too. I saw I saw a TikTok that like listed all of the things that sound like that. And I was like, wow, there's really a lot of things like that. Um Little Fires Everywhere, by the way. Definitely not a sitcom, but that's fine, too. No. I mean, neither is Big Little Lies. Um, yeah, so Sleazy Dog. Uh, have you heard of this guy? I this guy! I, I, I like doing that more and more high-pitched like that, every yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to say, I like that your Jay Leno gets increasingly <laughs> close to just a dog whistle and not even, yeah. like, you know, the new meaning of that. Um yeah, I I think this is the act the kind of former name that Fulham went by before he went oh, by Fulham. Oh, so he it was like a the, a recent name change. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like a wow. Snoop Doggy Dog, and then just like Snoop Dog. But Snoop isn't that? Lion. I mean, like it 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 almost feels a little like it feels a little insidious when you put it that way because it's like he, you know, got in nominated twice under two different names, like making it look like he's two different people, but he's not. I mean, you can be nominated twice and won Oscars. You can, but like it, I mean, not like this. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess no one's ever changed their name mid mid award season before, I guess. But um, yeah, so li- Little Big Town. What was Little that Little Big Planet. Little like yeah, and yeah. So the 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 sporting role of Charlie quote pimp my titties Gaskin, um yeah. Was this like uh what what was this movie about? I I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I think everyone just wanted everything to be a little big, and he wanted his titties bigger. Oh yeah, so he wanted his whole thing was like, okay, so yeah, this was a it was it was a story of, of a a town where everyone was trying to make things just a little bit bigger. Yeah, it's and, like kind of a, yeah. a a Midwest town, kind of rundown, yeah. right? And and finally, you know, somebody bought a big car, and everyone that kind of like was the turning point for the town. Yeah. Now everyone's like, well, I want something big. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the, the main character, um, with their kind of thing was like, I want something big and it's going to be my dreams. And then he, there's the kind of like goofy, uh, side character of, of Charlie Gaskin who just wanted to, <laughs> he just wanted bigger titties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that's exactly right. Um, and you know what? Honestly, he was one of my favorite performances in that movie, as silly as it is. Sometimes in a in a you know, in a movie like that, the, the comic relief is is the is yeah, what they gets played you. it really sensitively and like yeah. yeah, they they didn't uh they didn't just do it for laughs. They kind of got into like, you know, what is gender identity and like uh how does one express themselves through their body. It was it yeah. was much more kind of subtle and uh you know, sophisticated than what whatever Ira was doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're really yeah, we we're this is a this 
we're putting our stance on Ira Glass as negative. We we really <laughs> want to burn that bridge. We've already we burned you, that bridge yeah. with Sarah Koenig, and we need to to get rid of the bridge with Ira Glass. Basically, we um, want you to boycott all NPR podcasts, so you just listen yes. to this as your primary source yes. of both entertainment and news. Preci- yes, precisely. Um, well, uh, that being said, um, let's uh, put this. Uh, let's let's see who won, and, and that would be. Is- the winner is Fulham as Lenny Bruce in Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, I mean, you know, some might think he deserved it for uh, Charlie Pip My Titties Gaskin, but I mean, if he wasn't going to get it for that, at least he got it for Lenny Bruce. I don't he think was, he's got a range. Ready. No, he's he's really got a range on him. That kid's got a, a bright career ahead of him. He's really got a rain jacket is what I thought <laughs> you were going to say. <laughs> he's really got a rain jacket. Ooh, let me tell you. Um... Imagine All right. the, fi- the titties you could fit in there. Those are the fitties you could tit in there. <laughs> All right. Best supporting actress. Uh, I feel like we always do this with this one where we just harp on. We have so much to get through and yeah. we harp on them for so long. Um, best supporting actress. First nominee is Loretta Lynn as Rose Tyler in Rain Man. Is Loretta Lynn uh, still? I mean, obviously she's still alive, but like, is she still alive? Yep. I- Okay, I was gonna say I, I don't know. I I have an increasingly poor grasp on who is alive. <laughs> Considering you thought Christopher Plummer has died once a year for the last ten years. <laughs> Loretta Lynn is much older than I thought too. Yeah, but she's still kicking and she played Rose Tyler in Rain Man. So that was a bold yeah. combination of nineties movies. Um Rose Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the lady from Titanic. Um, you would be wrong. She is the lady right, from Doctor Who. Oh. <laughs> when you said 90s movies, I was like, what? You you might not be wrong, but it's pretty <laughs> unlikely that you're right. Um Yeah, so the uh what um was this uh yeah, was this like a mashup or I, I didn't uh I I might have seen this one early in the year, but you know, they all blend together. Uh, and yeah, I think Loretta this was, Lynn. I, I, I wish I knew like more about Rain Man. I have not seen Rain Man, so I can't I feel like really I've seen half you. of Rain Man. I think um, this was like just a, a kind of clever title for like a new Doctor Who kind of reboot, mm, right? And it was just wild like, that it got nominated. Yeah. There's a man who's like out in the rain. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rain Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really like the official title is like Doctor Who colon Rain Man. Um, yeah, and so weird that, I mean, I guess I can kind of see maybe what they were going for casting Loretta Lynn as like an older Rose Tyler, not that they yeah. look at all. Like, no, no, but I think I, but, I get the idea. Like, yes, yeah. you know, the same way they had Fulham playing baby Michael Keaton. Um, right. And yeah. by Fulham, that was I just mean Ian McGraw. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, that, was that him too? Yeah, wait, you didn't recognize? That's his no, real name. No, uh, my God. See, he just can get lost in a role, really. Like, I mean, yeah, he's he's That's his big. secret, too. He changes his appearance and legal and name, name every time yeah. he acts in a different movie, just in case. <laughs> wow. That must be a bitch for SAG. <laughs> I, 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 there's, like, a joke that I can't even find right now. Like, Me, too. That's his, all his I have. His big titties were a bitch for SAG or something, or... <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah. Uh, now next we've got Susan Hayward as Nellie Woodward in Son of a Bitch. Okay. Now Susan Hayward, I feel like I saw her name a lot, so I think she's real and very dead. Yeah. Um, 
She archival uh, yeah. footage. Yeah, she died in 1975. Um, so Son of a Bitch of... is actually an animated movie. It's about like a dog oh. and like, you know. Oh, a, a yeah. That was, I thought Soul was Pixar's big thing this year, but was that, I guess the No, that this, is the not this, is, this, is this is not Pixar. This is an off brand. You remember oh. uh, Lemon Demon? <laughs> Do I, re- yeah, that that's him? This is him? Yeah. You didn't That's know? funny. No, I mean, Lemon Demon has been like probably one of my top listened to albums of 2020. So he really took, I mean, not it wasn't an album he made this year, it was, but I listened to it a lot. So yeah, he really took over my life this year. I didn't even know. Weirdly, he did put out an album this year, but that's he did, not but what that's you not the to. one I listened to. Because I did listen to the new, uh, the mouth, whatever this one was no, called. No, I just listened to Spirit Phone nonstop. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, so that's, so th- that was him. So it was like, uh, Ultimate Showdown style, like, yeah. animation. Okay. Incredible. For the that's big screen. He, who for the big screen. I'm us, sure it looked great. Yeah. Yeah, who was more prepared to put out, like, a major movie during, uh, you know, right, everyone yeah. being stuck at home than a former yeah. Newgrounds animator? Exactly, exactly, yeah. So, and, and to, yeah, to use, um archival audio of susan hayward's voice as nelly woodward was was that like the the um i yeah was that like the the mother dog character in that or like what i'm imagining this was like a homeward bound kind of situation yeah that was like, like the grandma dog that like helps okay. him out like later on in the movie okay yeah yeah i think yeah, yeah. like the the titular son of a bitch runs away from home i'm but, upset like, how much i really want to see this movie <laughs> Yeah, I think you you basically get it. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I'm gonna go watch that once we finish up here. Um, next one. This one's interesting. Uh, we have Hillary Swank as Martha in Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> it's a Whoopi Goldberg with a question mark. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was a movie where someone just keeps getting mistaken for Whoopi Goldberg. You know, is it kind of a Hillary Swank in a in like a, a Freedom Writers esque role where it's like she shouldn't be the white person in this movie about people of color, and yes. it's like about how you know, yeah, she's the know. one that keeps getting mistaken for Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> no, that's not what I was saying. <laughs> oh no, she keeps mistaking every yes, black yeah. person she sees for Whoopi, and Goldberg. then like learning about how like no, it's like everyone isn't doesn't look like Whoopi Goldberg you just are racist yeah yeah exactly the it the moral of the story is that black people look different from each other <laughs> right and that yeah that's that's the why lesson... the, that's why the academy was so interested that it was a, right, a message yeah. they could finally you know they're like oh this is a social message that we can tolerate yeah we can handle this one yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh okay so no next... further comment on that movie <laughs> <laughs> next we have Mary Poppins as Annie Nelly Furtado, Nelly in quotes, in in Hank the Giant, and that is also in quotes. That's the title of the movie. Um, The title of the movie is in quotes? You'd be correct. I looked up whether Nelly Furtado's real first name is whatever you said. Annie. It is not. It is Nelly. Yeah, so um I I uh yeah, Hank the Giant was um I you know, I got to say my biggest question about this is that I didn't really understand Mary Poppins. Like is that is it really her? is it really her? No, this is a London-based rapper uh named oh, Ma- like she's They like really bottles. took over this year. Yeah, like I mean that's that's who the kids want to see these days. That's fair. Yeah. 
Okay, so this was so th- this was another. Th- this wasn't as whimsical as it sounds. In fact, it it was a it was a movie about Nelly Furtado. Yeah, this was exactly. This was just a movie about Nelly Furtado's love for biopic. <laughs> I do, do have to say that um the, in this uh Nelly is spell- spelled N E L L I E in quotes. That's the middle name. Well, they didn't have the, This was name. not an authorized biopic. I actually oh, think this was a. Uh, okay. Come to think of it, like this, this is a supporting actress role. So this mm-hmm. was probably a biopic about someone else's about life. That Hank she the was Giant, in. yeah, yeah. Hank the Giant was probably some like record producer. I don't know. Sure, I didn't see yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, and then finally in this category, we have Joan Thompson as Anna quote Maggie Moore in Wild with Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> okay, this was like a concert movie. Yeah, it was with um <laughs> with characters as as you'd have it. Um Joan Thompson um is not uh not someone that I think uh you know, I think she also just came on the scene this year. Um and uh yeah, she I I I did she play like a like a groupie? Did they so maybe it was a concert movie with all these kind of like contrived backstage scenes as well between songs. Oh yeah. I think that's like the, most of the movie was like that. It was like right, yeah. hanging out with the red hot it was getting wild with the red hot chili peppers. Get, yeah, like wild with how red wild hot chili peppers. Were. Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, she just she played a, a groupie, I suppose. Yeah. Um yeah. I think it was like a groupie that was like particularly influential on them. Like maybe yeah. this lady was like the inspiration for like Danny California. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Her real name was Maggie Moore, but you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, I looked just Anna Maggie Moore. <laughs> <laughs> she was also a Weezer groupie and inspired a different song. Ooh, that's that must there must have been some tension there, I'm sure. Oh, uh, the the Weezer Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, feud <laughs> right, knows the famous no feud, yeah. Um yeah, so uh the winner of supporting act best supporting actress this year is oof. <laughs> It was Hilary Swank as Martha in Can't Whoopi say Goldberg. I'm surprised. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's how the Academy goes. They they think that they're doing a think they're doing a good thing here. Um, At the end of that movie, do you think Hilary Swank? Uh, do you think Whoopi Goldberg makes a cameo and Hilary Swank? Oh, like, wait, absolutely. Are you Whoopi Goldberg and Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> she's just like, winks at the no, camera. she's like it can't be. I I've learned it's it's I I I understand. I almost said that you know I thought you looked like Whoopi Goldberg, but I. Oh, uh, or maybe Whoopi Goldberg comes over and is like, "Wait, are you? Are you Martha? Hillary Swank?" <laughs> and she's like, "No, she's no, like, not all white Martha. people look the same. <laughs> not all white people look like Hillary Swank." Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So those the, the those are the two uh, supporting role uh, awards away. Um, let's move on to the best actor category. So first off, we've got. James Ivory as Charlie Chaplin in Chaplin's True Detective. So this one was a wild movie in that it was uh, an adaptation of True Detective, but where the main character was Charlie Chaplin instead. I like that. I think uh, I think there's definitely like an audience right now. We're all stuck at home. We want something mm-hmm. uh, fun, but also serious. And I think, yeah, black and white. It's, you know, the artist one in the mm-hmm. last decade. Oh, yeah. And there's every reason to, to believe it's going to make sense. I mean, the guy's name is James Ivory. Ivory's black and yeah. white. 
Oh, he's a real man. Um, oh. He, he uh, he's a, oh, wow. So this must be his first, um, I, it's probably, uh, oh, he wrote Call Me By Your Name. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, he, so, branched, he wasn't happy enough with just one Oscar. No, uh, yeah, no, he he's uh, mostly a director, but also, yeah, he wrote uh, Call Me By Your Name, um, yeah, and uh, some other stuff, um, so, yeah, he, he wanted to branch out this year. He's very old, I gotta say, I, he they really must have had to make him up a lot to make him look like like the recognizable image of, uh, of um, Charlie Chaplin. I think that's the beauty of, like, uh, doing a black and white movie, that you can apply, True, yeah. like, just a cake of makeup and like it doesn't look too awful yeah so do you think this was a funny movie or um so i have to say i haven't seen true detective and i'm under the impression it's like a gritty murder investigation yeah so charlie chaplin is like the greatest comedic actor of all time yeah yeah um so i'm sure he yeah Maybe that was the whole concept. Maybe like he was funny in this, in you know, in this this otherwise uh, the the this gritty situation surrounding him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure he was funny. I'm sure he was great. God, Charlie I'm Chaplin. looking at James Ivory now. He <laughs> looks awful. <laughs> Are we sure uh, well, he's alive? <laughs> no. Um, well, next one is another um, old man who I had to look up. Uh, Wait, let me double check that he's, yeah, he's just, an, I think this man is dead. Uh, yeah, this man's dead. Uh, you know, archival footage, as we say here at the awards. Art Carney as Chicago Bears in the autobiography of Art Carney. Did he host a game show? Um, he was on the Honeymooners. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> okay. I'm not hearing anything. <laughs> I yeah can't say I'd super recognize him, but I no. heard the name. But yeah, so I guess that oh, his great nephew is Reeve Carney. This this was the autobiography of Art Carney was the movie, and he didn't, but he didn't play himself. I guess because you know he couldn't play himself as a young man, but he did play the role of Chicago Bears. I wonder if that was kind of like his how he goes, like how he refers to himself these days. Like that was himself now, or I don't know. So wait, was Chicago Bears like that's not the football team? Just like I mean, as far as I I didn't see this one because it looked kind of boring to me. But um, yeah, I got to assume it was just his name unless he was playing an entire sports team. I can't remember what sport you just said. Football. Football team. So yeah, I think maybe like his stage name was Art Carney and like. His real name was probably, you know, Chicago like, Bears. Yeah. Well, it was probably like, you know, John Bears and like right, kind of went by yeah. like, hey, it's old Chicago Bears. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is that even a I mean, like playing yourself in an autobiography. At what point is it a documentary? Am I right? <laughs> you know, well, I mean, it's <laughs> really makes if you you're think. reshooting scenes of your life. It's not really a documentary. Right? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, you, you that would be right. Um, ooh, uh, speaking of uh, another autobiography, I'm really excited to to hit you with this one. Uh, Kirk Douglas as Lin-Manuel Miranda in okay. Miranda. Uh, they finally made the biopic now that he's yeah. like still a young man in the middle of his yes. career. Yeah. And they cast, again, as we always say on this podcast, archival footage. 
Right. Yeah. Kirk Wait, Douglas. he just died? Kirk Douglas has been dead for like a hundred years. You're fucking joking me. He died uh, oh, last year. Never mind. We're not in 2020 yeah, anymore. He died a year ago. Today, Still, though, I felt like, like he was dead when we ago. were like in high school. Um, well, that might be a you problem, son. Man, all these people just keep dying again and again. Again and, and I again. just keep staying the same age. And I just keep living. Again and again. Um, so, yeah. So this is an interesting casting choice, have to say, Kirk Douglas. Because, you know, it's 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 wild that Lynn even let this happen. Because Lynn can't, cannot stay out of his own projects to, oh, yeah. to save his life. So the fact that he let a dead man play him is really interesting. Yeah, a dead, like, white guy that doesn't yeah. look anything like him. Anything. Like, there's no, no, like, no reason. So what do you think happened here? What the hell happened? That was an In the Heights quote. How did this, ha- how did this go wrong? How did this go down? I think Lynn just was too busy with everything else he's involved in and just right. didn't yeah. show up to shooting for this. So they're yeah. like, well, we- we do have this archival footage of Kirk Douglas. <laughs> this is all we, yeah, this is what we've got. So I guess this is what we're just going to have to work with. You know, resources were short this year. A lot of archival footage was getting snatched up and, you know, you yeah, can't reuse it. Yeah, resources are short except for archival video footage, right, which is yeah. very cheap and, uh, you yeah. know, it's just floating around in the yeah. in Hollywood right now. Wow, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of, like, self, um, self, like emulate that's not what i'm trying to say there's a lot of like things about oneself in this in this category because the next one we've got i think you're gonna find this one very interesting it's uh nigel farage as nigel farage Uh, in the spectator oh god and he's like (laughs) he that's the lead role like he's nominated for best actor so like this was just a movie about about him and like ukip and yeah yeah so was this a documentary? <laughs> I think so. I think this, this must had be to like been, yeah. he's like the guy that's spectating for all of like Brexit happening and like the deal's right. not going through and all after right, he was like yeah. responsible for kind of putting a lot of it into motion. Mm-hmm. So like does it does it frame him as the like as the the victim here? Probably no, right? no, or no, he wouldn't be involved like that. I think it frames him as like the puppet master that like I oh, started it and like oh, now I'm just okay. sitting back and watching. Oh, ooh, ooh, <laughs> very, very sinister. Um, yeah, that one I have not seen and will not be seeing. Um, Do you think this... the Beastie Boys licensed uh, <laughs> sabotage to be the, like the song for this? So instead of like. <sighs> Listen up, y'all, it's sabotage. It's like, listen up, y'all, it's Nige Farage. <laughs> I, I want to say they tried to get them to, but they refused. Yeah, the Beastie Boys are pretty uh, on not Nigel Farage's side, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the last one in this category, I, um, I, I did see this one. This one was something that my dad was very excited about. Um, this was Robert De Niro as Riccardo Cavalieri in The Italian Detective. So that sounds like your dad's kind of movie. It's got all the things. It's got all the things. It's got all, yeah, all the hints. It's got a De Niro. It's It's called The Italian Detective. That's all you gotta, that's all he needs. That's all you gotta say. you think he is an Irish man. Uh, right yeah yeah and that's why yeah that's that's why i think that's why they put this project out this year because people got kind of confused uh last year that i'm thinking like didn't i could have sworn robert de niro was like super italian is robert de niro you know actually (laughs) irish um 
Yeah. So this was, I mean, I got to say it was very straightforward. There was nothing really groundbreaking about this. Was this, was this a Martin Scorsese project? Uh, must have been. You think yeah. De Niro is getting out of bed for anyone else at this point? Yeah, no. Also, do you think anyone else is making a movie called The Italian Detective? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so that The one... Italian Man with a Gun, a Martin Scorsese <laughs> film. Uh, yeah, was Al Pacino in this one as well? I, I did say yeah, I see it. it. Now it's I'm got just all the, you know, your Joe Pesci, yeah. your Al Pacino, all of yeah. these guys. Yeah. Danny yeah. DeVito. Yeah, Danny DeVito. <laughs> There's something... There's something there that's like a a um we didn't start the fire but a bunch of Italian acting. <laughs> oh yeah, I wanna. <laughs> I'm, I'll work on that after this, and then I'll make a TikTok dance to it. Make the syllables work for it. Ray Liotta, uh, Richard Nixon. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a second one. <laughs> really good. Um. Uh, uh. Um. Yeah. So that was that's the whole category. So let's see who won that. We don't even need to discuss what that one was about. It's so no, it's just a, a Scorsese movie where an Italian guy has a gun. Yeah, and um, unsurprisingly, I feel like this this makes sense. Uh, the winner is James I- Ivory as Charlie Chaplin in Chaplin's True Detective. Okay. Um. Yeah. Black and white is the the way to go these days. Uh, yeah. Can't Once say you go black I saw... and white. You never go back in white. Exactly. Can't say I saw someone who was like the same age as actual Charlie Chaplin <laughs> winning an Oscar, but good for him. Yeah. So um, now let's move on to best actress. Um, first up in the nominees is Meryl Streep as Ida Jackie Foster in Mister and Mrs. Chips. You know, I don't know what this one, well, there's like, there was a movie in like the 30s called like Mr. Chips or something. Goodbye, Mr. Chips is a thing I'm seeing. Yeah. And, but I mean, of course, Meryl Streep, like we, we basically don't even need to know the rest of the nominees. If it's yeah. a weird year, she's just going to win the Oscar. Yeah. I mean, you, that's what, you know, you think she's a shoe in but there's a lot of other names on this list that you never know, like Eleanor Rigby as Mary Todd in Mary Todd. Ooh, a, a yeah. documentary about Abe Lincoln's wife. And yeah. it stars the lady from that Beatles song. Yeah. She, you know, she's been, uh, she's been really quiet for, you know, since her kind of uh, rise to fame in that song. Um, you know, she was really just a, a name, but she decided to finally throw her, uh, throw her hat in the ring this year and uh, went full force in a, in a big, uh, you know, bombastic historical uh piece about mary yeah, todd lincoln I mean, she's got name recognition already but now yeah. you put a face to it and do you think yeah. daniel day lewis is like was he in this as yes lincoln again? oh yeah 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 nice. and yeah yeah it was a but i mean it wasn't um it wasn't made by foof fuck who made that movie why can't i remember uh i know what you mean but I forget I, to. I keep wanting to say a name that I know is not the name. Oh, wait, no, it was Steven Spielberg. <laughs> ah. I'm really glad I didn't. Oh, it's because the screenplay is by Tony Kushner and I almost said Jared Kushner. <laughs> I did not realize Lincoln was by Steven Spielberg. Me neither, really. I really thought it was by Tony Kushner. Um, I guess it was, in a sense. Who is the real uh, author? Anyway, um... Yeah. So uh, then next up, uh, th- this uh, another um, repeat nominee, um, and this is Joan Thompson nominated again. Um, 
in uh, with a very similar character name. Her previous character name was Anna Maggie Moore, and this one is Anna Adams in the unsinkable Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> is this like a like a girls like empowerment kind of yeah, you know young adult, or like young kids kind of movie? You know, yeah, you know what I think it probably it probably is. I don't know much about Anne of Green Gables, Me neither. but I assume it's yeah. Anne of Green Gables is like a prairie kind of situation. Um, I think this was an uh, like a, a modern day adaptation where it's like. You know, she's just a, a really empowered, you know, young girl who, I don't know anything about Anne of Green Gables. A couple expect to adopt an orphan boy, not an impetus, impetuous, <laughs> redheaded girl. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, I guess that's, uh, yeah, it's that, but in the modern day. And she's, yeah, like, this was know, meant cool. to be. This is like, you know, the amazing Spider Man, the unsinkable Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. 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 And wait, was it someone famous or was it just a newcomer? No, it's a, it's a newcomer, Joan Thompson, who was also nominated for what was that other? Oh, Wild with Red Hot Chili oh, Peppers. Oh, the one that was a groupie in the Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers movie oh, is also yeah, this. It's like, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like maybe there's like an 18 year old girl. So like yeah. in the hot in the Red Hot Chili Peppers movie, she was like, yeah, playing like a, a teenager. Where the, in this, she's like doing the Disney thing, where she's yeah. like playing like she's 12 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, entirely. Yeah, um, makes sense. Okay, and then uh, what else? What, oh, and then uh, yeah. So next up is Angelica Houston as Juliette Binoche in the Sermon on the Orient. Is she dead? No. I don't think so. No, she's fine. Um, oh, I thought this was an older person than it is. She, she, yeah, she's old, but not that old. Old, but she's not that old. <laughs> she, yeah, so Whoa. this was, <laughs> this was, um, the Sermon on the Orient, I believe, was a, a, like an Agatha Christie spinoff, but it was like a religious themed Agatha Christie spinoff. Yeah, so it was like a murder mystery. That. I don't know but that that's yeah. going to be very popular with a modern no, audience. No, not at all. Yeah, it was. It did very poorly, but was Everyone highly regarded by movie. critics. <laughs> there were only like seven movies that came out this year, so yeah, it still got yeah. nominated. Yeah. So what are you going to do? And yeah, then we had Ruth Mangan as Mildred Stark in Star Killer. Wait, Star Killer. So, so yeah, I mean that that is the that is the concept behind the, uh, the movie okay. title. Yeah, I scrolled down just a little so I could read without spoiling myself. Yeah, so so I assume that yeah that was the um, you know at first I saw this movie title and was like is this is this a spin on our famous game Star Maker? But then I I realized that the character's name is Stark, so it's like you I know. like no I think but I think it's intentionally like pushed together like that. Like, yeah, the character went on a rampage of like mass murdering movie stars she was the star oh yeah killer. Ooh, yeah yeah that yeah that was that was a very interesting one um mildred stark that sounds like the name of a serial killer like like hands down is the name oh, of yeah. like yeah like i'm thinking I, of I, this as like era golden era yeah Sorry. like hollywood golden era like all these like young actresses come to audition and like she like runs the audition and then she's like now, like, come back and sign some paperwork, and then she mm. murders them. Oh my god! Yeah, because she thinks Hollywood's like too decadent and like yeah. sinful. Yes. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Um, <laughs> you should make a movie out of that. I'll call it 
killer star. <laughs> um, all right. And so let's find out who won Best Actress this year. It is Eleanor Rigby as Mary Todd and Mary Todd. I mean, come on. that It was Oscar bait. So, uh, yeah. Or Oscar you, bait, sorry. Yeah, you, you got, you know, Meryl Streep is also always some Oscar bait. But when you got a historical kind of period yeah. piece about Abe Lincoln and Mary Todd and all that. Yeah, like, and like, and who doesn't, you know, who didn't want the story this year to be that Eleanor Rigby finally got an Oscar? Like she now, I mean... She's probably closer to an EGOT than a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, she must have a Grammy. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, when they, when they, it's a BGOT when, uh, when you involve the Botskers. A BGOT, yeah. Yeah. I, I also am happy to hear that this role won her the Oscar because I heard Meryl Streep wanted this role. It, it sounded like, mm. you know, oh, yeah. it's got a lot of uh, Iron Lady to it. It's got Lincoln, you know, this is yeah. an easy Oscar and no. Yes. Yeah. Beat out. Yeah, beat out. BTFO. <laughs> BTFO. Um, that brings us on to best director, and uh, that first the first one is I did have to look up this guy. Um, this is Bob Geldorf for oh, um, from the Boomtown Rats, yeah. founder of Live Aid. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, he directed a movie called The Great Alpaca this year. He's a he was like, you know, hero of charitable work in Ireland. And then it came out that he doesn't pay his fucking taxes. <laughs> well, um, uh, yeah. What do you think the great alpaca is about then? I think it's about uh, since he was found to not pay his taxes, he uh, he just moved to South America and, you know, just started filming whatever was around him. So he made, you know, a March okay. of the Penguin style movie about oh. one alpaca. Okay, about one alpaca. Oh, the great alpaca. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, This one, this next one, um, I'm I'm very interested in. I I didn't see it because it was just it was still way too long. Um, even longer probably. And uh, yeah, so this this was a a, um a dual directorial uh role here. Uh, Rafe Fiennes and John Hurt went in as co-directors on this one for the Passion of the Christ. Uh, it needed a reboot. <laughs> it definitely needed a reboot. Um, yeah, and, you know, I think people thought that maybe they might, you know, make it a little bit more palatable, but honestly, it was it was longer because it was two people, like, contributing their ideas, and they just, like, they didn't cut a thing. It was, like, it was almost like flashing back between two different movies. Now, John Hurt, I would have said, still alive, and he's but he, he did, been dead ca? for a few years. Yeah, he dead recently, yeah. R.I.P. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad Ray Fiennes still credited him for the work they were doing on this earlier. I think since this is such a long movie, is why it took them like about ten years to direct it. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and uh, they they met on. Were they in a Harry Potter movie together? Yeah, the last one. So yeah, they 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 met on the the set of Deathly Hallows, and uh, yeah, just Hit one it thing off. led to another. Yeah. And they were like, no. you know what, uh, oh, you know, two old British men <laughs> probably are real into Jesus. They were hanging out and they said, favorite movie on three. One, two, three, Passion of the Christ. One, oh my two, God, three, Harry two? Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two. And then they both <laughs> no, laughed. but like your, yeah, your, your real favorite movie. They pointed at each other and went, Deathly ah. Hallows part three. I, I thought I said two, but that okay. would be really good if they both said part three at the same and time. They were like, and then, oh. Like, 
But what if it was about Jesus? JK Rowling with their eyebrows up. Uh, Next nominee is uh, Diane Lane for Professor of English at the University of Chicago. (laughs) Okay, yeah. She saw the success of the movie about Alan Turing and the other movie the same Mm. year about Stephen Hawking and was like, right, yeah. You know, just a movie about a compelling professor. Academia, yeah. Yeah, that's what the kids are into these days. Diane Lane is, in fact, a actress who is alive and well and was in not much, but she was in The Outsiders in 1983. I've definitely heard her name. Diane Lane, Lane. won't change your mind. That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that was that was her movie this year. Um, oh, this one I'm excited about. Uh, this was um, Brian Cranston directing... The Great Gats. Okay, yeah. This was like a, this was, you know, if you thought the Baz Luhrmann one was the Great Gatsby musical, this was the real Great Gatsby musical. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, it was better. It was, it was great. Oh, I like loved low it. bar, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what you just, he just needed to not fuck up and he, he didn't. It was fine. Um, Brian Cranston, by the way, do you think he can sing? Well, he doesn't need to because he was the director. But. <laughs> Um, I, I feel bet... like he actually probably can sing. I agree. Yeah, I was going to say the same. Like, just, you know, based off of his whole vibe, I would guess yes. Yeah, he seems just generally, like, multi-talented. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, he probably had a better sense for music than, say, I don't know, Tom Hooper, who has a famously bad sense for what the hell music even is. Um, so, yeah, he, you know, Brian Cranston went to make the big uh, blockbuster musical of this year, and he did it. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, I, he I, had a I'm little bit of extra time and all. Sent a, yeah. a little bit of extra Tylenol. Um, <laughs> yeah, from the set of Breaking Bad. But also, yeah. since yeah, since we're all stuck at home, he was like, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna do my real passion musicals. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this this last one, um, I you know I think we both made an active choice not to see this movie this year. I would bet. Um, because it was uh, Jill Claypool Passion directing. of the Christ again. <laughs> no, it's but not unrelated based on context. Um, it is uh, Jill Claypool directing uh, J.K. Rowling. Wow, I legit almost, instead of that joke, said, was it transphobic? And the answer would have been, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely, um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you think so this was this... A, a scathing take or like oh, a, a puff piece? I thought it was a puff piece. I was under the impression it was, you know, trying to a save face. A puff piece. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, you know, she, you know, thought that if, because I think J.K. Rowling constantly thinks that if she keeps telling her own story, eventually someone's going to you know, feel bad, but... Yeah, uh, I can't be a bigot because I used right. to be poor. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, Jill Claypool, um, I guess first-time director, uh, clearly... You know what? First time, long time. You know what? I, I, I gotta say, I don't think... I, I have a feeling J- Jill Claypool does not exist. I think this might be a Robert Galbraith situation. Mm, I think you're right. Yep, yep, yep. That's probably what that was, so... Yeah, so let's find out who won for the director. I, before you before you reveal it, I have yeah. a bad feeling with like Passion of the Christ and J.K. Rowling both yeah. up for nominees this year. The Academy, I think they felt like they got their good deed out of the way by giving Hillary Swank an Oscar. Yeah, yeah, really, really slipping down the the slide. <laughs> That's not a saying. Um, well, yeah, you would. Yeah, so unfortunately, the w- winner was. 
Rafe Fiennes and John Hurt for The Passion of the Christ. Cool. Cool. You know. Did the real Passion of the Christ win uh, uh win an Oscar when it came out? I feel like probably. It must have won something. Yeah. It won a few Oscars, including Best Makeup, Best Cinematography, and Best Original Score. Okay. But, you know, nothing that big. Yeah, well, this one got Best Director. So um, so now we're gonna, we've got to do Best Picture. Now, how do, we, how do I want to do this? Do I want to, like, I think what I might do, it seemed like we had a really long list last time, and I don't remember how we did it. Was we it had, just like, putting repeats? every movie that was nominated for anything in? Yeah, that's, I think I'm just going to, like, put my whole list in because all the, all the movies are different. Like, we had repeats on the list last year, and I can't remember what that meant, how we did that. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess I'm just gonna put the whole list in here, and um, I'll I'll do I'll do I'll do five for the nominees, and we can talk about their merits as best picture. So uh, we've got the the Silence of the Lambs, the remake, uh, the autobiography of Art Carney, the Passion of the Christ, the Sermon oh. on the Orient, and J.K. Rowling. Couple, yeah, some real losers in this one. This, this, I mean, I guess you know. I hope no one wins. Yeah, I don't want any of it. Like maybe the the Silence of the Lambs. Maybe, yeah, John I think Travolta. the Silence of the Lambs is the only thing that I would be interested in seeing win this. It's a very um, like Jesus and like intolerance yeah. heavy. Yeah, really bad. How did this happen? I mean, I guess the academy. No, okay. Here's something to discuss: the Botskers. Yeah. <laughs> Who's actually judging these? Like, is this like, is there some you know like academy that we've never really dis- like? It's not the academy that does the Oscars, right? Yeah, no, it's it's not the yeah, it's not the Motion Picture Academy or whatever. Right. This is like the the Academy of Bots. This is like yeah. a you know GPT and yeah. Clever Bot. Clever. <laughs> that's there's our problem. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it's the same problem with the real Academy that there are like kind of new forward thinking members but then right. there's like the kind of institutional members yeah. like cleverbot that still get to vote every year yeah yeah eliza that's, yeah that's a bit yeah that's a big problem in in uh, the industry we should you know maybe we should do something about that i don't know what that would be that sounded threatening progress but is a series of funerals <laughs> progress is four weddings and a funeral and um, the winner is four weddings and a funeral <laughs> and the winner is i'm terrified it's the Silence of the Lambs. Hey, thank, <laughs> thank God. God, the lesser of five, e- four, e- many evils. Okay, um, good for Jack Nicholson and everybody involved in that project, and John Travolta by association, I guess. Um, well, yeah, John Travolta was not consulted to be the lead character right. in a movie about John Travolta killing people. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. What a what a weird film. But like, honestly, it was more enjoyable than the rest on the list. Um, so yeah, that wraps up the Botskers for 2021. Um, you know, it was a, a weird year for cinema, weird year for, for, uh, cinnamon, cinnamon. Yeah. What else can you say? Yeah. And I'm glad. Yeah. We averted something really bad at the end. We got yeah. a, a good best picture winner. Um, yeah. are there any of these movies you're, you're most excited to see after all this? Um, out of ones that I haven't seen, um, you know, I I would love to see. Um, I can't remember if I said I saw it or not, but I would love to see Star Killer. Yeah, that I'm one's very really intrigued cool. by Star Killer. 
I'm um, really surprised you didn't say son of a bitch, the lemon demon dog oh, trying fuck. to find its way oh home. Oh my god, movie. I forgot about that. No, I'm watching that immediately. I already counted that as something I've watched because I'm watching it in in five minutes from now. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, wow. I would watch Professor of English at the University yeah, of Chicago. I'm sure it would be nice. It's a little yeah. dry, but you know. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's it's relatable for me. Yeah. Oh, and I, you know, as I I do, I am interested in the bells of music with Ira Glass, just to see, just to see him flounder, <laughs> just to see him writhe around and try to get out of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Ira Glass. Yeah. As we always say on Robots on Typewriters. Fuck, fuck you, you Ira, Ira Glass. Glass. Yeah. Well, that's that's that for this. That's that. That's what we really like for this week. We're keeping it coming, bringing that back in full force. If you hear us, forget and it. How did you? How did you make all of these? Uh, oh shit! Yeah. Um, I used um GPT two simple GPT simple by uh, um Max Wolf um the uh, and uh yeah it's a Google collab that allows you to train GPT two on a uh, data set and that data set that we used was um actually can be found on our GitHub um which is github.com slash robots on typewriters I think um yeah. and uh yeah you can find there um this data set and a lot of other wacky data sets that we've used in games and uh, yeah if you would like to um give us your two cents about any of these movies if you saw them this year which ones you liked which ones you feel like got snubbed you can email us at robots at batcamp.org and you can also tweet at us at robot typewriter and we have a theme song and it's called video challenge by anamanaguchi and uh, what a what a what you have a, a final final movie you want to see or a final like a lifetime achievement award or anything oh um you know, I'm I'm just I'm really impressed by Eleanor Rigby for uh, getting out of you know coming out of her shell this year, and I'm I'm really excited that she actually ended up winning the award because it probably made it all worth it for her. Isn't yeah. the whole concept of Eleanor Rigby that Rigby Rigby that she's like quiet and unassuming and lives in a church or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good for her. Good beating for her. the shit out of Meryl Streep and playing a a historical figure. As we always say here, fuck you, Meryl Streep. And yeah, as we always say here, fuck you, Ira Glass. Fuck you, Meryl Streep. J.K. And Rowling, get in line. J.K. Rowling, we're done with you. You fucking imbecile. <laughs> <laughs>